quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. And vacation over. As we headed home to our regular beds, our daily lives of school and homework and ordinary things, maybe my little brother, maybe I, would wake up and look out the window at the night sky, and suddenly it would fill with stars and golden mist. And we'd pretend for a second we were somehow deep inside the Milky Way. A million winking lights. But we knew where we really were. We were almost home. I took a walk through this beautiful world Felt the cool rain on my shoulder Found something good in this beautiful world enchanted land of my childhood. A cultural petri dish from which regularly issues forth greatness. New Jersey, in case you didn't know it, has got beaches. Beautiful beaches. And they're not all crawling with roid-raging trolls with reality shows. I grew up summering on those beaches, and they are awesome. Jersey's got farmland. Beautiful bedroom communities where that woman from Real Housewives who looks like Dr. Zayas does not live, nor anyone like her. Even the refineries. The endless clover leaves of turnpikes and expressways twisting in unknowable patterns over the wetlands are to me somehow beautiful. To know Jersey is to love her. Fort Lee, you may have heard of it. Some of Governor Christie's minions allegedly conspired to jam up traffic for a few days. It's a town with a jokey history of corruption. It's also where my beloved Hiram's is. Open since 1932 and pretty much unchanged ever since, my dad started bringing me and my younger brother Chris here in the 50s, and they still honor tradition. My happy place. Sometimes I just need that old time flavor here. As soon as I could chew food, basically, my dad would take me here. It is a great point of pride and personal satisfaction. And I've convinced my daughter that these are the finest hot dogs in the land. 
He's very excited to come out here, which makes me very happy. Thank you. Thank you. Now this is key. These toothpicks are just like 1958. Some things just shouldn't change. My dad used to love pickle lily, red relish. I love this stuff. Look at that beauty. Oh yeah. I come here to feed my soul. The cultural wellspring that is New Jersey. It's the antidote to every other place. This place is perfect. The dogs are amazing. There are not a lot of people in this world like courageous enough to not change. Down the shore. Yeah, we actually talked like that. It was what we did. Go down the shore. Not just our family from Bergen County near the bridge, but middle class and working class families from Philly and all over who pack up the kids in the station wagon for the seemingly interminable trip to Long Beach Island. Just getting out of the driveway was plus, a big deal. Plus, it always took three extra hours at the load of the damn cars. There was always you know, drama. Strapping crap to the roof of the car. Where once we were over the Manahawkin Bridge, the excitement would ratchet up. Ship Bottom, then Surf City, Harvey Cedars, Love Ladies, ticking off the town names until finally, finally, Barnegat Light. New. These are all new. I mean, look, that's original. Yeah, definitely. In fact, I think I know who lived there at one point. And that's definitely uh, old school. But look, let's face it, it's been how many years? I mean, like <laughs> 40... There's a 400, I think. Jesus, we're old. The lighthouse. Definitely remember going to that lighthouse a lot of times. Oh, the good old days. <laughs> I want some fried clam yeah, strips. Yeah, absolutely. Well, our options are limited, shall we say, but uh, holy crap, yeah. this place is filling up. I think it's because it's the only place. Yeah, but still, who lives out here year-round? We're about to see every single one of them. Let's be honest. When we come here in the summers, I was the bad one. Yes, that's your up, recollection is correct. I was up to every variety of criminal antisocial behavior down here. I didn't smoke dope for the first time here. I was looking for dope, but okay. was, as a 12-year-old, it was hard to come by. I think I vaguely remember you walking off with some kind of cute girl. First kiss, that was an important passage. Oh, that was good. This is good. I realize now that I hitchhiked regularly. Yeah. Mom, Dad, you know, I'm, uh, I want to go down to Ship Bottom tonight you know, with some friends. How are you getting there? Well, hitchhike down. Okay, have fun. That was cool. All the kids were hitching here. That's how you got places here. Summertime. You know that sound? Just out of the water, ears pressed up against the beach blanket, the squeak of bare feet on sand nearby. Classics Illustrated Comics waiting for me back at the house. I'd play with my little plastic army man in the dunes. And there's a smell of beach grass in the dunes. You know, can you remember it? I still crave it. I love it. And on special occasions, clams and drawn butter. 
No matter where I find them now, they always bring me back here. I remember this place with nothing but fondness. I mean, I, I can't remember a single great. bad memory here. It was great. People you knew from last year were here. You'd roll out onto the street. Your parents didn't need to be with you. Have a campfire on the beach at night. You'd set off firecrackers, all this stuff they wouldn't let you do at home. The beach would look different. For a couple of days, the whole beach would be like this weird, foamy surf, like these giant, like frothy yeah, bubbles. Oh, yeah. Here, now we're talking. Thank you. Yeah, or there would be the jellyfish delivery sometimes, where there'd be like millions of infestation of jellyfish. Right. I, I try to block that out. That wonderful feeling of you know you were with other ten-year-olds alone at night, you know, on the beach. It was great. Mm. Love clam strips. These are great. This is awesome. So far, so great. I'm happy. Properly battered piece of fish and some good tartar sauce. Mm. What were your favorite activities? Building fire on the beach. Right. Overturning the lifeguard sand. Yes. Had to go. They were but representatives of the man. Firecrackers on the beach. Firecrackers on the beach. I have some firecrackers in your car, by the way. Just saying. Well, set them off in the elevator at the casino. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. It was paradise, America's first dream vacation. The beach, as far as America was concerned, meaning bathing suits and swimming in the surf, was pretty much invented here. Atlantic City. Rich or working class, it was here for you. Back then, you dressed up to walk the boardwalk. It was capitalism at its purest and most assertive. It was a democratic dream designed from the beginning for everybody. Flashy, utilitarian, Upright, deeply, unapologetically corrupt. The knife and fork in was right there through it all. In many ways, its story a perfect reflection of changing times. Established in 1912 as a so-called gentleman's dining and drinking club, the second floor originally had curtained alcoves and a separate ladies' lounge. Private rooms on the third and fourth floor were set aside for games of chance and perhaps other activities. Vicky Gold-Levy's dad was the chief photographer for Atlantic City from the 1930s through the 1960s. He saw it all, and by extension, so did Vicky. What was it like here as a kid? It was fantastic. Walking down the boardwalk in the summertime was like walking in a carnival in a midway. The cacophony of noises. There were still remnants of the 20s. Yeah. That sensibility, that look, handlebar mustaches, Victorian graphic design and illustration, a weird stuck-in-time feel was still very much in evidence, even in my time here in the early 60s. The boardwalk was over six miles of amusements, entertainments, parades, and pageants, a never-ending carnival. Every place you went down the boardwalk was something else to see. And all the stores were like mom-and-pop stores. They were all very unique. Yes. And I love that. The world-famous Steel Pier, amusement arcades, Barker's, Novelties, Saltwater Taffy. I love the joke shops. The joke shops. It was a wonderland of juvenile delinquency because I had to buy, you know, plastic dog crap and yeah. <laughs> plastic vomit and smoke powder and it was just something very sinister and forbidden. And you know, my parents indulged me when I was here. The menu has changed somewhat since the original. For me, a very tasty pretzel crusted swordfish over lump crab meat. For Vicky, pan seared scallops. 
My memories of Atlantic City are largely built around the time before gambling. Times were not good. I mean, the Marlboro Blenheim, I remember it well, was largely empty, but it was a magnificent structure. I mean, you and I like the nostalgia. And people who like Coney Island like it, but I don't know about the young people. Beautiful buildings are beautiful buildings. Uh, you know, a beautiful view is beautiful view well, forever. Yes. There's no place with this kind of history and, and legitimacy. This place has deep, romantic allure. I agree with you. I believe in the transition that's coming. I really, really do, with all my heart. But the kinds of businesses you talk about that used to be here, it's not a matter of, gee, it would be really great if that kind of thing happened again. It is inevitable that that will happen again. And it's worth fixing. Atlantic City could be chic, easily, because the bones, the skeleton of this city are beautiful. I'm the, glad you feel that way. There is even in very young people, particularly now, beautiful old things, a beautiful old restaurant with really great food, like for instance, in right yeah, now? is much more interesting than a glass box with good food. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life. Lately, we have been paying attention to a very different virus, bird flu, which is caused by the H5N1 virus. If you start to hear that it's circulating in pigs... That would be a concern. That means I would go from sleeping with one eye open to one and a half eyes open. Yeah, that would make me very concerned. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. The names of Atlantic City streets were imprinted on generations of Americans who grew up playing Monopoly. Drive down Ventnor Avenue today and you see history. The ebb and flow of America's hopes and dreams played out in the buildings and homes you see as you pass by. Magnificent mansions mixed in with inexpensive two-family houses, cheap takeout, the footprints of a lost world. The Riviera of the Northeast, still there if you look between. With jet travel in Miami and an expanded highway system, things decline as they do. But a few visionary geniuses presented a solution. A cure that would overnight make everybody well. Make Atlantic City shiny and new and prosperous again. Men like Donald Trump. 
I think it's going to be uh, really very beneficial to everybody. We look forward to operating the Taj Mahal successfully for many years to come. Vast new Xanadus would be constructed, and would-be Kublai Khans rush to Atlantic City, eager to tap into what was assured would be a never-ending gusher of prosperity. Casino gambling. When casino gambling was sold to the state of New Jersey, to Atlantic City, as the cure-all, who was going to bring it back to its glory days, did that ever happen? I mean, you drove around today. Do you think this place is better than it was then? Do you think, do you think it helped? No, I don't. New Jersey native Brian Donahue is a reporter with 20 years' experience focusing on South Jersey. Doc's Oyster House, an establishment that survived Prohibition, the Great Depression, two world wars, numerous declines and rebirths. Still here, still great, a symbol of what Atlantic City was and should be again, could be again. To bring a city back after its decline is a really complicated, hard process. And they wanted easy answers, and casino gambling was seen as an easy answer. Yes, it sure sounded like a good idea. They were going to this plan in effect 12 casinos here and bring everybody up from the, from the top down. It hasn't worked. Now, but you're left with just 12 casinos. And if you're looking for an example of lemming-like lurch towards a shiny new cliff face from which to tumble, look no further than this $2.4 billion goat rodeo, The Revel. It opened in 2012 and closed less than two years later. The most expensive casino in New Jersey history. They just forged ahead with it. The hubris was incredible. What were they thinking? Short-term money. And at a time when all these other casinos were opening all over the entire East Coast. Which is nuts. It's economics 101. Casinos, of course, by design, neglect the city's existing assets. Salt air. A walk by the glorious North Atlantic, the greatest of all the Earth's bodies of water. The classic attractions, the restaurants. This is what it's going to take for Atlantic City to come back. It's going to be on places like this. Celebrate the ghosts, you know? Some nice crab cakes at docks. A big freaking lobster stuffed with crab imperial, pum souffle. Those things are bad for business. The business of taking your money. Thank you so much. Lovely. That'll work. That's good. I don't want to sound like I'm down on Atlantic City because I see it as an incredibly, almost ludicrously hopeful place. So whatever left of it should be, to my mind, hung on to because they're going to come around. There's nothing funny about losing all your money. Yet casinos are steady employers of that most hard-working species of entertainer. Comedians Rich Voss and Bonnie McFarlane are two of the hardest-working people around, married to each other and New Jersey. It's so much money to live here. I drove three exits on the Jersey Turnpike. It was $7. If you drive the whole New Jersey Turnpike, when you get to the end, you have to give them your car. <laughs> I'll tell you guys something that I don't generally tell people right away. I'm a vegan. I'm very passionate about it. It's all about eating a cruelty-free lifestyle. No animal or animal byproduct of any kind. I do cheat a little. I eat veal. So good, so tender. How do they get it like that? 
I'm very sentimental about Jersey Italian, particularly spaghetti and meatballs. That's what I was going to go for. I've eaten here at least five to ten times, and I've never had a bad meal, um, ever. Okay, I'm, I'm, I know what exactly I wouldn't get doing. the meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> proud longtime residents of New Jersey? No. I've lived here nine years, but only been proud maybe the last two. It took me a long time to sort of... Get up to speed? Yeah. Born and bred. Yes, my whole life. He won't leave. I had to make peace with him. When's the first time you played Atlantic City? There was a club at the Sands. Many times I would get paid on Thursday and I would lose it all. And then I'd have to work for free. There's no bit worse feeling. Oh, I know that feeling. It's a nightmare. <laughs> you ever watch a couple in Atlantic City? Okay, dear, hold this money. Don't give it back to me no matter what I tell you. I don't care what I say. An hour later, give me my goddamn money. <laughs> No, I'm not fooling around. You're lucky I even brought you here, bitch. You better give me my money. You're the reason I'm losing, touching my arm when I'm shooting craps. Is there a specifically Jersey sense of humor yes. that you've noticed? Yes, I love Jersey audiences now so much because I've never one time ever said anything where people in the audience have gone, oh, they never get offended. We all have our words, you know, that we don't like, the ones that affect us the most. I have my trigger words as a white woman. The word I don't like is no. <laughs> I don't hear that often, but when I do, mm-hmm. There's the deal with Jersey. People land at Newark, and they drive up the turnpike. They don't turn off and, and go up into the you night. You see the refineries. They think that's New Jersey. See, that, how sick is it that I think it's beautiful? More horses per capita than any other state. Northern New Jersey is the embroidery capital of the world. Yeah. Apparently. I don't know where that's happening. My ex-wife worked for an embroidery company. No. I swear to God. <laughs> I'll call her right now. This is a taste of my youth. For all of the marvelous things about New Jersey, will people ever come across the bridge and the tunnel the other, in the other direction? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, okay. I did not have to think about that. Let's go out to club well, in Jersey. So no. No, but you know what? So. It's all relative. A 25-year-old guy or girl is going, we're not going to Jersey. A 60-year-old person is going, I'm getting oh. out of the city well, and I'm moving to Jersey. There's your answer. <laughs> well, it's never going to be him. You know what? Where does hypnosis stop? At what age? Hypnosis is overrated. Yeah, it is overrated. You know what? I love living here. I love it. Pine Valley, the best golf course in the country. Trump has beautiful courses. Oh, wait here. a minute. Trump. I'm not a fan. Who is? Every minute that he walks here, it demands a certain complicity to not shout out. We look at that ridiculous <laughs> look at the head. It's like if you have a disfigurement, that sort of tacit agreement that I'm just not going to bring it up. That's too much to ask of me in Trump's case. I want to scream. Do you know why he puts his names on the building? So the banks know which ones to take back, okay? <laughs> at least he's a humble guy. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. There are few American cities, places where things have gone as disastrously wrong as Camden, New Jersey. It's like the poster child for everything a city could screw up. Once a manufacturing powerhouse, home to the New York Shipbuilding Corporation, the Campbell Soup Company, and RCA Victor Records. A company town. About 80,000 people live here today. That's the same number of people who were employed during its heyday. 
Nearly 40% of the city's high school students don't graduate. The entire police force replaced by the state. More than one-third of city residents live below the poverty line. Voter turnout, not good. If there's any place one could be forgiven for just throwing your hands up in the air and giving up, it's here. But no. Cities with serious problems need extraordinary people. And Tawanda Jones is clearly an extraordinary person. When you give, especially to someone who is really in need, you know, I feel um, it makes me feel complete. Her late grandfather, Walter Green Jr., was a former military man, an employee of RCA, and a bodyguard for the great boxer, Jersey Joe Walcott. He was just like the protector. You know, if you need anything, you go to Mr. Dynamite. That was his nickname. He was also a man who believed in being part of the community. When Tawanda was 15, she was asked to lead a local drill team. Unfortunately, it soon lost its funding. Walter purchased 80 uniforms and three drums to give them a start. Today, CSS, the Camden Sophisticated Sisters drill team, which includes the distinguished brothers and taps, the almighty percussion sound, have over 320 participants. We meet at neighborhood stalwart Tony and Ruth Stakes, still doing what they do. It doesn't get any better than this. What was Camden like back in the good old days? Oh my God. It was so different coming up when I was younger. I didn't have to worry about, you know, my life being threatened coming outside, you know. The neighborhood, everyone knew everybody. That sense of community was strong back then. You're talking about your your childhood as if it was a real long time ago. It's not that long ago. <laughs> All right. Oh, what the hell went wrong? People can blame it on the politics, but I think that's just too easy. Many have failed our children, but it's up to the parents to really start getting more involved in a kid's education. You know, know what your child is doing. So you're putting it principally on the parents? Absolutely. This is tasty. Those are delicious. So the conventional wisdom seemed to be, it's time to get out of Camden. Why are you still here? Because the need is in Camden. If every decent person in Camden leaves Camden, then we never have a chance. In order to be a part of the program, they have to maintain a C average or better. Right. It's all about their academics. It's all about nurturing these kids. What's right? What's wrong? You know? The drill team does that. They have different sayings that they go by every day. It's a start without a finish. It is possible. It's never impossible. It's not to believe that I can achieve it's possible, possible, possible. And they believe this. You know, they say it so much until it's embedded. Tawanda has helped CSS support itself with financial assistance from fellow parents and some fundraising, temporary help and donations from small businesses. But surprisingly for a group with a national profile, no lasting support from official organizations or national institutions, public or private. Yet, she perseveres. A lot of your practices are done outdoors. Right. All weather type of a situation. Yes, we've been under bridges, everything. Over 28 years, we've been outside. Their safety is the most important to me, you know, but it's been a blessing and a curse because you'll have the corner boys come up to you and ask you, Miss Wawa, are you having practice outside today? And I'll say, yeah, and they're like, today's not a good day. And I'm I, I'm like, okay, all right, thank you very much. That's nice. You know, right, you know, and I, I appreciate it, trust me. How do you keep these kids off the corner? I'm quite aware that 
times are hard, but I just tried to show them an alternative route, mm -hmm. saying that there's so much more out there than this. Some of them call me major pain, but it's all out of love. Mm -hmm. You know, they need that structure and discipline in life, period. To go to work, to go to school. You're doing it because it's fun? Right. But it's hard. Yeah. You're asking people to do a hard <laughs> thing, and they're doing it. Yeah. And I got to ask, I'm going to guess that in the years that you've been doing this, you had to have had your heart broken many times. You had to have seen kids who you really believed in fall by the wayside. And I'm guessing a lot. How do you go on? We, we do have a lot of sad stories, but we have more good. Our, our good outweighs the bad, you know? And I keep going just for that reason. You know, um, before I was a little hard on myself, and um, I used to actually think that I could save all the kids. I know that's not the case. You know, um, I just do the best that I can do. And I'm just praying that the next kid doesn't, you know, fall by the wayside. How do you not become cynical? Do you harden your heart I, or you just... No, actually, I have to replenish myself or I'm not going to be any good to them or my, my own family. These kids are like precious cargo to me. Some have pretty tough lives. Some of them have the responsibility of a 30-something-year-old. They're holding down their homes and they're only kids. No kid shouldn't have to go through that. 25 years down the road, what do you think Camden's going to be like? Wow. I'm praying that it turns into the Camden that I remember. And I know that I'm helping our future leaders to become a part of that change. I'm very hopeful, and there's no doubt in my mind that there is going to be a positive Camden. No doubt. You're going to stay? I'm not going anywhere. My pop-up didn't leave. I'm not leaving. <laughs>
Philly. Yes, for sure. Wow, that's treason. Do they like change the plates on their car and like wear a disguise? I mean, it's different. The poppy seeds help. Yeah, no, I like this roll. It's awesome. That's delicious. Well, I think we learned something here today. Jersey cheesesteaks. I'm not saying they're better than Philadelphia. Yeah, I am actually. So there. It's just great. Glad you enjoyed it. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. The forests and empty spaces of New Jersey are vast and often empty of everything but legend. You live here if you like a quieter life of not being messed with. 1.2 million acres of Atlantic cedar, swampland, forests. It goes on and on, seemingly at times forever. It's easy to get lost. In the backwater marshes, where the cranberries grow. When I was a kid, as we passed through the Pine Barrens on the way to the shore, we joked nervously about pineys the strange, possibly inbred tribes of people who actually lived out there, somewhere between the trees. That was what we believed anyway. Paul Evans Peterson, jeweler, musician, author, and proud pioneer. We meet at the disconcertingly friendly Lucille's in Warren Grove for a delicious breakfast. The legend of the Jersey Devil was Mother Leeds had 12 kids, found herself pregnant, with the 13th and say, may this child be a devil. There's many legends that are told about it, but that legend says that when the Jersey Devil was born, it morphed into this creature, flew up the chimney, and was gone into the night. Other legends say it killed everybody in the room. It's supposed to have the head of a horse, wings of a bat, hoofs, but you have people that say they've seen horns on it. It breathes fire. It's got a real long tail with a triangle on it. I mean, it sounds like My Little Pony with with, with a forked tail. It doesn't sound frightening to me. It's supposed to have big red eyes, and, and some people say the head of a goat. It's a big po- Goat, goat's a little scarier. The folks that live in the barren, they have a story they tell about that old Leeds woman and her child from hell. The night he's born, he took wings off and flew out into the night. See, you still hear him screaming when the conditions are right. Yeah, I swear it's true. He's Pine Barren Blue. What's out there? Who are pineys? Do they roam the forest at night searching for souls nah. to capture? Nah. Pineys are people that live in the pine barrens. There was a time years ago that if you would have called somebody like that a piney, you'd have got shot. Really? But now people embrace it. People like to 
to be thought of as living off the land. They have bumper stickers now, you know, piney power. Mm-hmm. How do you make your living? It's good to farm blueberries and cranberries. Right. I mean, where it's a lot of fishing, a lot of clamming. Hopefully the oystering is coming back in the Delaware Bay. The bay supported a lot of jobs. The Pine Barrens have been settled for a long time. Long time. Some of the first people that came here were the glassmakers and saw this incredible sand that we have out here called sugar sand. Pure white, and it's perfect for making glass to the point that it didn't have to be washed or processed in any other way. There was hundreds of glass works. They're just ruins now. Thank you. Thank you. So it's not like the rest of Jersey here. Oh, no. And I hope it stays like it. It's like a Jersey unto itself. But out here, like you saw, you had a long drive to get anywhere. But that's good, by the way. That's really good. Yeah, isn't it great? Mythic, epic, storied, anthemic, that sort of thing? Welcome to Asbury Park. Wellspring of American music of a certain kind. Home to, yes, the boss. And the Jersey National Anthem, Born to Run. Springsteen, Bon Jovi, Little Steven. But before them, there was this man, Southside Johnny who, with his Asbury Jukes, pretty much created the template for the Jersey sound. A place, and really, it could have only been this place, that changed music and lyrics forever. Asbury Park. It's had a reputation as being a happy hunting ground for musicians because, what, a lot of bars? A lot of bars. It just was a tradition of bands playing here, which is funny because the town was started not to have alcohol and not that kind of music but after a while the pressure just was too much for entertainment for people to come here and it morphed into an r&b and rock and roll haven most bars don't hire musicians they don't hire bands they have too much trouble well, this is the can, jersey shore though yeah. i mean the jersey shore means people want entertainment it's right. not just hard drinking people there's people here on vacation in the summer but atlantic city didn't have that reputation well we're not atlantic city we're <laughs> as, we're as i always like to say good is good forever Great music, great songs, and a classic Jersey sandwich. And at Frank's, they honor that Jersey tradition of assertive layers of sliced ham, salami, pepperoni, provolone, with some tomato, onions, shredded lettuce. You got your roasted peppers in there, and most important, your oil and vinegar, which soaks into that soft, fresh-baked bread and marries it all together into a soggy, glorious delivery vehicle for deliciousness. Here we go. Thank you. Enjoy. Oh, it's such a beautiful thing. They shred the lettuce and everything. You used to come here as a kid? Yes. My father, he would order, like, a pastrami sandwich. Yeah. And I'd eat, like, a third of it, and he'd eat the rest of it. And then my brother would eat eggs and bacon, so we had to order what he liked. But he was a real trencherman. He could really eat. <laughs> Asbury Park, like its close cousin, Atlantic City, with whom it had so much in common, suffered from much the same problems. Fourteen years ago, last time I came, it was a shell of itself. Dying, the beach is empty, a sad and forlorn place. Unlike Atlantic City, though, Asbury Park fought to fix itself 
to become again the kind of place that anybody would want to live in. They didn't look for a magic bullet like casino gambling. And to a great extent, they've succeeded by keeping alive what made Asbury Park special. They hung on to what was important. Like this place, where any overgrown child still wants to play. This spent youth, thank God. What? Tilt all. No way. That's delicate. Come on, hit, hit, baby, hit. Ah, man, it's a jump. This is important for children. I think so. You know, your first exposure to racy images of women are all set in some sort of 20s fetishistic alternate universe. <laughs> also, it teaches you shame. And teaches you humility when you lose. And exactly the limits of how much you can break the rules before it tilts. You know, I think they should have tilt for all sorts of things. I think so, too. You step over the line in a bar talking to a young lady. Tilt. tilt. And that way, you know, you got to start again. I tilted it already. I barely touched it. What are yeah. they talking about? That's what they all say. Wait a minute. I'm a god of God. See here, I got a nut. God! Let me play. As I like to say, good is good forever. The Atlantic Ocean will always be magnificent. Looking at it always a humbling, even educational experience. It teaches us that men come and go. But no matter how foolish or outsized their dreams, how badly they screw up, what we do here at the ocean's edge, the sea will outlast us will always draw us to her edges. When necessary, it will crush us. I mean, look at the Taj. She's completely oblivious to everything going on around her. Yeah. And that has got to be the most butt-ugly building <laughs> ever. I noticed last night that some of the lights on the sign on the building are out. Yeah. It's like Trump. So, something like that. Yeah. Or Tump. Or Rump. I mean, it's sort of perfect, actually. If you think of Trump as sort of carnival barker, his operations is designed to attract rubes and empty. <laughs> yeah. You've got sort of a perfect metaphor here. Yeah. I hate sweets, but I'm a sucker for nostalgia. You can't go back, I can't go back. Hell, I wouldn't even if I could. I sure don't want to ever have to be a teenager again. But those tastes and smells of childhood, they work still. Now, you're telling me you were not a big saltwater taffy fan? I just remember it was hard to chew. You had braces, remember? So this was probably I, problematic. Before that, I don't know. I can't remember if I had braces at that point. I don't like candy generally, but these have a mystical hold on me. Man, even the color of the wrapper has this weird, you know, like there should be weird music playing in the background. 
Molasses, I totally remember that. Getting a bunch of those. I don't know why certain flavors really resonate. The peanut, I know exactly what that tastes like. I remember the vanilla really powerfully. I'm not even a vanilla guy, really. I'm more of a chocolate guy. I think I remember pink ones, so they must have had strawberry. Wintergreen, I remember. Licorice sounds good. The peppermints. Let's keep these in the car. If I cookies and cream, does it melt? Oh, <laughs> it's a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah, this stuff isn't fat, by the way. You eat as much as you want. Is it gluten-free? It's all natural. That's what I thought. Atlantic City will never die. Good is indeed good forever. And Atlantic City will be great again. Asbury Park, Camden, all of my home state. I'm convinced when the tide has come and washed all the greed heads away, we'll once again be magic. I hope I'm there to see it. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.